Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Turn One Scoop. I'm one of your co-hosts, Pablo, and coming in through the rustle of a quiet yet arcane library somewhere in the far reaches of the multiverse, we have our other co-host, Michelle. Hey, Pablo. Uh, I'm currently hanging out here uh, where all these uh, aesthetics are very, very pretty, very colorful, uh, and I'm quite liking it. Oh, okay. Um, I don't that's a lot of magic sets I, I i'm trying to figure out what clue that could be where could you possibly be michelle i'm drawing the blank uh i mean i am in the library of a certain magical school got it got it got it <laughs> magical school <laughs> it, it, is is it that one weird um where they Pablo, teach those kids Haven. It's just... God damn it, Pablo, be a professional. We're in Strixhaven, okay? No. What? Strixhaven? I don't know anything about Strixhaven. What's a Strixhaven? I'm just, I'm just fucking around. Uh... <laughs> or a Strixhaven, huh? And uh, what exactly? I actually, um, given that that's, clue, uh, that's the clue and that's what we're talking about today, uh, Michelle, what is Strixhaven? Uh, a school of magic. <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, at least in terms of lore, uh, a school of magic. In terms of of magic, it's a new set that's coming out. There we go. That's what we're looking for. Yep. Uh, Strixhaven is going to be our first semi-small review uh, for the podcast. Um, so hopefully we don't mess it up, people. Um, it is a set that is drawing a lot from young adult tropes uh, of the. <laughs> magical school genre it looks very nice michelle basically nailed uh, it on the head when she said the aesthetics were amazing it basically looks like um if they told jesper ising which is one of the magic artists that you guys probably know by now uh, if they told jesper ising hey man what if we made you the director of art for the entire set but also it's an unset and also it's only in a school and um within those constraints he made like the entire set that's what uh Strixhaven looks like that's what the aesthetics that we were talking about oh yes yep so today we're just going to be talking about the mechanics and the commanders for the Strixhaven uh commander product we're going to do a much more in-depth review of the legends when the full list comes out but right now we're just only going to be talking about things that are mechanically going to affect EDH and of course the five cards that are coming into EDH that basically uh, Wizards plans for us to be using. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. As uh, of now, Strixhaven releases uh, April 23rd uh, of 2021. Hopefully uh, we'll see that happen and... Um, People are going to have release parties and uh, old-fashioned Friday Night Magics, etc. for it. Because right now in America and a lot of the parts, a lot of some parts of the world who've been uh, keeping COVID regulations, I don't know if we're going to be keeping this part. <laughs> um, I feel like, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, vaccines have been rolling out. So, um, yes, uh, I, we are going to be hoping that a lot more people are going to be able to play this set as it was intended because um, mm-hmm. 
you know, we we've we've had a little bit of a uh, sad timing with COVID for a lot of other reasons. Magic specifically and EDH specifically, Commander Legends never got a chance to be drafted the way it was intended. Yeah. And that is a huge sticking point, crop point for uh, a lot of people in the EDH community. Yeah. Um, I, I know mean, it's been a while. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, keep going. You, you keep going. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since we've any of us have drafted anything amongst our friend groups either. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hopefully pretty soon. Maybe we'll be able to draft this new set with Strixhaven, but also uh, some of the previous sets that have come out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, most uh, specifically, hopefully in the very near future, within a month or so, we will be able to finally, finally, finally draft Commander Legends without having to worry about anybody getting sick. Uh, out of curiosity, Pablo, mm-hmm. uh, it, it seems like uh, Commander's is like a, a different set from just kind of the, the base set. Yeah. Uh, clarify, please. So, uh, Commander Legends, uh, oh, not, no, sorry, I, you're talking about the Strixhaven Commanders, right? Yeah, so there, it looks like, if you're looking at spoilers here, you've got, like, the main set, and then you've also got, uh, Commander 2021, mm-hmm. and then you've also got, like, the Mystical Archive, and I'm like, are these all, these are all part of the same thing, or no? So, I guess it depends on who you're asking. If you're mm-hmm. drafting... If you're drafting, I think that the Mystical Archive cards are something that you can use uh, mm-hmm. because they're just going to be in the packs. Like, I don't know whether or not they're going to let you not use those. If they are, uh, I'm sure we'll get directions from it, um, from Wizards of the Coast or whatever. But the two biggest points that we have to think about here it's it's come up every so often in in past uh, commander legend sets too or not commander legends why do i keep saying commander legends it it it's come up in um other commander precons as well um mm-hmm. so the commanders for this set are technically not part of strixhaven proper um ah. There have been problems before where there's uh, specialty cards that are only available like buy a box promos, etc. That you can't crack in packs. That uh, the one that I'm I'm thinking of specifically right now is uh, Nexus of Fate. Wizards has had to deal with uh, people getting mad that you know why can't why can't I get this uh, as a more available card do i really have to buy a full booster box to have just access to this one card so uh they've separated cards that are intended fully for one thing in one purpose uh in their own set which in this case is the commander set for i uh, not icoria for strixhaven they're separate from the uh regular set uh, which is just, you know, the draft and constructed set of Strixhaven. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, you can't constrain the team with what they can pull off. Oh, excuse me. And uh, uh, the the other most uh, recent, the very most recent one, why they don't do uh, tie-ins, or at least I'm assuming why they don't do tie-ins, was the Brawl set for 
Eldraine because mm. people were getting a little angry about Korvald, uh, which was only in the special collector set, special collector set boosters, or only from the uh, pre-constructed decks itself. So it was very hard to get a Korvald for a while. I think that yeah. Wizards of the Coast realized that they shouldn't be linking these two sets together, especially for something that they made specifically just for Commander players versus something that's going to be abusable and constructed, and that's why they've separated the two. Okay, alright. Well, thank you for the clarification. I was always kind of confused because it's like, you've got your base sets, and then you also have a Commander set, so I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's why I would assume that's the reason for the separation for this one because like if you're looking at the uh, commander uh, cards for this set it's 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 very clear uh, they have no place other than Strixhaven older older sets in magic that were tied in their commander sets to the whatever the standard set of the time was you'll you'll see that all right these 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 legends are in the world of Ikoria, say, or are from the world of Theros, etc. Um, mm-hmm. But you can always kind of hand wave it and go. But you know, they 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 look like they're just generic fantasy people, right? Like it doesn't. Th- this dinosaur doesn't have to be from Ikoria. It could it, it could be from um, Ixalan or something. The uh-huh. legends that you see in the Strixhaven Commander preconstructed decks. They do not look like they can fit anywhere other than Strixhaven. I thought they were very specifically like, oh, here are the commanders from each house of Strixhaven. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, you can make a case that maybe these guys look like they can sort of come from Eldraine because uh, they, they have a lot of flavor that's similar. But just looking at them and what these folks are. Uh, focused on like art wise it's very Strixhaven specific yeah which is uh which kind of adds to the confusion for me a little bit because it's like these these look like they're part of the same set bro (laughs) yeah 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 exactly um especially Zafai Zafai I just I mean I don't know where else he could be from other than Strixhaven the Mm -hmm. the other professors maybe there's um there's arguments to go like, okay, they can be regular wizards from anywhere. Zafai will not live anywhere other than Strixhaven. There's just no way. <laughs> anyway, um, but we'll get to that in a second. First, um, we'll go to the mechanics because some of the mechanics will be touched on by these commander cards. So we won't have to uh, switch back and forth. We'll knock out the vegetables first and then we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into the uh, specifics of these five motherfuckers that look like they want to teach you something maybe. <laughs> teach me. All right, Michelle. Uh, are you okay. ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready yeah. to go to school? Teach me, Pablo. Do it now. <laughs> oh God. Whoa. <laughs> so, um, our first uh, mechanic that I think is the most important one that's going to be coming into both EDH and just magic in general is going to be the mechanic of Magecraft. Give us a uh, quick rundown of what Magecraft is, uh, Michelle. Uh, it seems like Magecraft is, uh, well, what is the term that you use for 
for Jiwei's deck, Pablo? Uh, prowess. It is ah. a, a lot like prowess. Yes, yeah, so it seems like it's a form of prowess. So it looks like uh, effects that happen when you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell. Mm-hmm. That means that whenever you do cast an instant or a sorcery, a, it'll put a trigger on the stack that um, mm -hmm. makes you do something, which mm -hmm. makes well, it's a it's cast or copy. Cast or copy, yeah. Uh, it yeah. makes it makes it makes sense. You're in a school of witchcraft and wizardry, even though we're not referencing that specifically. <laughs> um, how does that make you feel, Michelle, as a blue mage? Uh, as a blue mage, yeah. Uh, this makes me feel that I should be kind of big-brained, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, I feel like I'm not, and so it's kind of like, oh, okay, uh, let me pretend to know what I'm doing here. <laughs> oh, God. No, Michelle. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's a-okay. Um, so, uh, well, more I was looking for your opinion. Uh, do, what do you think? Is this a powerful mechanic, Michelle? Do you feel like this is something well, that people are going to break? Very, it seems very spell-slingy. I feel like it would depend on, on what the magecraft is for, like, the specific card. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like uh, some cards can have magecraft abilities that are like, oh, this is cool, we'll just scry one. But, but you know, you never know if another card might have a magecraft ability that's something fucking dumb. Mm -hmm. This feels like it's going to be busted in Is It and Black. Mm -hmm. Magecraft, I mean, every, every color has spells that are uh, sorceries and instants. It's not like green and white don't have spells or instants. But... Um, red and blue specifically, I think, are going to love Magecraft more than any others because as we were talking about in our past episodes, they're the spell-slingiest of colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Magecraft just seems to be very just spell-slingy in nature. Mm -hmm. uh, blue especially is probably going to love Magecraft because they are also the color of free casting. You know where Magecraft is going to fit a little bit, uh, Michelle? Yeah, tell me, Pablo. Um, so this is just a little bit brainstorming here, but if you ever go full top deck manipulation for Yennet, um, mm. if you just have somebody with Magecraft, all of your ponders, all of your brainstorms, all of your glimpses, all of those like one mana cantrips that uh, you know your opts, for example. Yes. They, yes. They are basically just there to help out Yenit. Now they're going to have even more of a bonus. Because one thing that Prowess had was a very specific Jeskai keyword that uh, basically just buffed the creature whenever you cast a non-creature spell. In mm -hmm. Magecraft, it's a little nicer because um, the effect isn't just plus one, plus one or something. Like... Magecraft mm -hmm. specifically does something super, well, not super, but it's something unique and impactful, at least it tries to be, mm -hmm. more than plus and one I plus guess, one. I uh, guess re relatively specific to the card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's going to be, uh, whenever you're doing Magecraft, it's, it's going to be a little bit more of an option rather than just a combat. Yeah. Well, this uh, definitely does seem like something that, that could be very easily broken. Uh. <laughs> Joy or a problem we probably wouldn't have 
uh, too fun of a time with this, though, because Joyra doesn't care. I mean, she cares a little bit, but she doesn't care about instants and sorceries, specifically. Mm -mm, she cares about, like, artifacts or... Uh, well, primarily artifacts, but technically... Technically legendaries! Yeah, uh, I don't... But, you know. <laughs> there are a few legendary instants and sorceries. I just don't think that it's going to be something that they can... I didn't put too much effort in Dora, okay? I assumed that this deck was going to be like instantly like uh, banned in the house. And so, cheapo deck. Uh, that's it. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. All right. So the one thing that people are afraid of for Magecraft right now, we'll see what happens for Banless in a minute. There is a card called uh, Chain of Smog. Right, oh, you... I see the card. Okay, cool. So um, let's go to a uh, Magecraft card in Strixhaven um, that would be in the same deck as Chain of Smog. Uh, this card is going to be... Um, Witherbloom Apprentice. Uh, it's, ah, I see. It's a Golgari Human Druid for two, uh, green and mm -hmm. uh, black. It's and made. Whenever you yeah. yeah, so whenever you cast or, or copy an instant or sorcery, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So it suck. Yeah, it suck. It suck. Golgari suck. Not something that I really like seeing in Golgari, but you know, I mean, I guess Golgari can do it. Uh, that's all well and good. In Strixhaven, you're assuming, like, okay, um, I'm going to be able to do, like, maybe four or five spells if I really tune my, tune my deck to it. That's in Constructed or Draft, etc. Mm -hmm. In more eternal formats, like Commander, what you have is the card that's starting to be the Boogeyman, uh, the instant combo piece for every Magecraft card in black, Chain of Smog. Uh, Chain of Smog reads, if you would please, Michelle. Target player discards two cards from his or her hand. That player may copy this spell and may choose a new target for that copy. Yeah. So You can kind of see where, where it might get kind of out of hand here. Yeah. It's basically uh, an infinite just by itself. With Witherbloom Apprentice, that just means mm -hmm. if nobody can interact with you, you have a four-cost infinite. Uh, would you care to explain this infinite, Pablo? Sure. Um, you cast Witherbloom Apprentice on turn two, maybe. Or maybe you want to do this all on turn three with your ramp from green. Um, mm -hmm. Witherbloom Apprentice resolves, sticks on the battlefield. You cast Chain of Smog on yourself. You discard two mm -hmm. cards. And since you are the target of that spell you choose to copy that spell targeting yourself again discard ah. two more cards choose yourself as the copy again and then discard two more cards now the thing about this is it doesn't care whether you actually have two cards to discard it just cares that you have been targeted to make those uh, to make the effect happen Oh, I see. So regardless of whether you have enough cards in your hand to just keep discarding, you could just keep doing this? Yeah, you can copy it Ugh. as many times as you want. So we'll keep a lookout on how that's going to happen. But for now, um, Chain of Smog in uh, black is... <laughs> people, are, people are a little worried because it's very easy to pull off. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just two cards, uh, and it's very low cost, too, yep. mana-wise. Um, if you're looking at... Um, if you're looking at uh, Witherbloom Apprentice, for uh, for example, you are in black, which tutors for anything, and you are in green, which tutors for a creature. Uh, this combo is very, very easy to set up in those colors. So, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, Magecraft... In constructed, pretty okay. You'll 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 get like maybe five triggers off of it if you're really, you know, feeling it uh, on a normal deck. Uh, maybe more. Maybe you can combo off if you built around Magecraft specifically. Uh, in eternal formats, Chain of Smog. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to say that it's gonna get banned because it seems pretty we, pretty 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 um, very specific. For just this one, I, it just depends on how uh, strong Magecraft is gonna prove to be, but it is a four mana, a four cost infinite in colors that can tutor and can ramp to make this a turn three instant win. So be careful. Big, big scary. Okay. Well, now that you've explained this, now I, all of a sudden I'm I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe this isn't such a good idea after all, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chain of Smog overnight went from a 50 cent, 50 cent uh, bulk uncommon to a $20 I'm almost what? like heuristic study level. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. <laughs> were, you, <laughs> were you thinking of getting one, Michelle? No, I, well, no, because I don't, I don't think, uh... I would like to believe I'm not that degenerate, but, like, <laughs> yeah. um, this wasn't on my things-to-get list, uh, and now it is even more not on my things-to-get list, because it's, like, 20 bucks now. Yep. Jesus uh, Christ. I'm looking at the MTG Goldfish of the uh, price for it. It just... It, <laughs> it, have you ever seen, like, a 90-degree a, a, a a angle? Yes, it's, I have it's in that. fact seen a ninety degree. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, what a weird thing to say. But yeah, this looks like a corner of a. This looks like a corner of a piece of paper, man. This graph. It's just <laughs> one day it wasn't anything, and suddenly um, every black every deck that runs black is just is just is ready for chains of smog. Uh... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice question mark. Uh, so, uh, basically, Magecraft is Wizard saying, do you guys know Ral Zarek, uh, the Storm Conduit? What if every color had a Ral Storm Conduit? That oh. seems like a good idea, right? <laughs> oh, boy. This seems like a little bit of a power creep here. Yeah. Um... I don't know uh, if there are going to be other um, cards that are going to be abusing this. Well, another one is the Isochron Dramatic Reversal, Isochron Dramatic Reversal combo, because Isochron Scepter is an artifact that you uh, exile a card underneath it, and whenever you uh, tap it and pay for mana, it technically casts a copy of that card. Mm -hmm. So just like Chain of Smog, uh, you can just infinitely cast something like if, if you put an untapped spell underneath it you're just going like ape shit on it. like yeah baby <laughs> untaps forever and free casts um that that'll require like two cards or three cards though um 
which is which is fine. Like, there's always going to be three card combos in any format of Magic. It's the two card combos that you have to look out for, and a two card combo uh, with Magecraft for four mana is very sus. We'll 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 see what happens in the future. All right. Well, it's still early on, so so who knows? What what else do you have for us, Pablo? Okay. All right. Moving on. We have. Ooh, um, hopefully this will show up in more colors uh, soon, but we have the mechanic Ward. Ward! Ward! I don't think... It looks like uh, it's just in blue and green at the moment. Yeah, so, um, hmm. <laughs> well, again, another semi-suspect uh, mechanic <laughs> here. We'll, <laughs> we'll hope that we'll see more of it. Um, okay, so what Ward does... Uh, Ward gives a creature this ability, and this ability says, Whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter it unless that opponent pays uh, however much the ward cost is. Yeah, right now, at the time of recording, uh, it's only showing up in blue specifically. Blue-green, the one of the uh, cards we're going to be talking about later in the show, um, it has a little bit of Simic in it, and there's... One uh, MDFC card here, which is the uh, flip cards, has ward as well. Uh, it's uh, mm -hmm. but the side that has the ward though is still just blue. Blue. So um, as of this moment, it, it's 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 looking a little rough here. It might be another busted Simic mechanic. Um, uh huh. It's it's actually I don't know, Michelle. Do you like ward? Uh, I mean, I feel like it, it adds extra protection to my creatures that are already on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. uh, won't stop it from getting like countered or whatever, but at, at this point, I mean, that's just every most every card, so yeah. I'm not good at that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, as someone who likes to be protected, it is nice to have a little bit extra protection for my creatures. Yeah. Um, Ward looks very nice when it's something baked into a commander. Which I will yeah. admit that is very nice. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out on specific creatures because a lot of the creatures with ward so far aren't that impressive. <laughs> like I don't. I mean I, that, that is true. That yeah, is like, true. But what if they come out with a card that's like, oh, this creature gives all your creatures ward? Ha ha. Oh man. Oh baby. That sounds good. <laughs> so that sounds pretty nice. Um. I hope that they're going to put Ward in some of the more protection-oriented um, protection oriented colors as well. Maybe White you can mean get like some white? Ward. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, hopefully White gets some Ward. Um, I mean, it would make sense. I mean, I guess I guess the, the, the key word here is, is counter it, right? Which is a specific blue thing. And so I'm kind of like, maybe, maybe you could, uh, you know not just have it a blue thing because blue is already pretty strong yeah. already has counters and now you're adding uh you know More. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of hard when you're saying like also by the way my creatures cast counter spells even when i don't activate them <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so, so uh, blue, blue is dumb <laughs> um 
to to be fair, there is actual there are actually some um, white creatures in the past that already have ward-ish effects on them. Um, one mm. of the gods, Rien from uh, Kaldheim, has an effect similar to ward. Uh, obviously, they're not going to keyword it uh, from past sets, but this this has shown to be a white um, keyword as well. Uh, we're just uh, hoping that again in the future we'll be seeing more ward. Um, Otherwise, though, it's okay. It's an alright uh, mechanic. It feels like uh, it's going to be more annoying in draft than anywhere else. But if uh, if your commander has ward, or if you can give your commander ward, um, again, not the greatest thing, but it's something nice that you can put It'll on It'll be commander. annoying to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun fact, in Commander Legends, they had a familiar cycle, which is, you know, wizards familiars, witches familiars. Um, Essior, uh -huh. the little bluebird that they have, basically gives ward to your commanders. Ooh. Yeah. So we had a little bit of a preview for this in Commander Legends. Again, one of the uh, tr big tragedies of COVID. Everybody should have at least a chance to play Commander Legends. Uh, just, just, just saying. If if you have a Commander's Legends box and you've still been like debating on whether you want to crack it open or draft with friends, please draft with friends. That is such a good experience. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, but that's Ward. Cool. Not gonna break the game. Uh, hopefully gonna be in more colors than just blue. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but a little boring. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I, I find it very much so. Uh, just a little nice addition. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, just a little extra protection, a little a little annoying to deal with. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy. Ward. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, moving on to the last of the hard mechanics that we've seen in this set. Uh, we're going to go a little bit into some of the cycles that we've seen, uh, but the last and most uh, if the most eh on the eh meter kind of doesn't really apply to EDH so much yeah it is the uh learning keyword and the lesson uh subtype so this is going to be a new uh subtype for magic lessons uh you can consider it the same as sagas or um planeswalkers etc it's just a new type of card um mm -hmm. do you want to explain what a lesson is michelle Le okay. learn us on lessons or lesson Le us I on will, learning I will, <laughs> I will i will learn you on lessons and lesson you on learning nice 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 <laughs> okay so it seems like lesson cards are, are as you said a card type and uh from what i'm looking at they tend to be either sorceries or or instants here mm -hmm. uh sounds good and so uh, essentially just just sorceries or instants that are labeled as lessons yep and then learn is a little mechanic that allows you to reveal a lesson card from outside of the game and put it into your hand or I guess discard a card to draw a card so bad thing about EDH guys there is no outside of the game for EDH um, this mechanic is specifically for constructed with sideboards or draft with sideboards um, wow. it's pretty much something that facilitates a little bit of magecraft or magecraft here because you know uh, since all the lessons are spells at least you'll always have something that will 
you'll always have something that you can trigger Magecraft off of when you have a lesson. Uh, mm -hmm. But in EDH, uh, we have no sideboards and we ha like basically have nothing. Um, unfortunate, but the only thing that the learn keyword is going to do for us is give the option to cycle a card. Yep, Which discard is, a card is, or draw nice. a card. Yeah. Now, yeah. I guess the question is, does the exile state not count as outside the game, Pablo? No, it does not, because the exile zone technically still counts as part of the game. Uh, I know there's going to be some confusion about this in older editions, because some of the older cards uh, say removed from game. That has been eroded to exile. Oh, it's going to be a little confusing, I know, since it's basically the same wording for a completely different mechanic in the new version of Magic. But it's mm. unfortunately just something you got to just bite the bullet the, the, the faster you learn <laughs> this lesson. <laughs> well, it seems like the learn mechanic is, is, is now just a little bit more obsolete <laughs> in yeah. Commander. Hey, but if you're playing any other format, though, kudos to you. Learn seems like it's, it's a good way to add extra cards to your deck. Yeah. Um, to be... To be fair, I guess there's some there's some utility on being able to go do the discard draw effect, the cycle effect of this card, or, or the uh, excuse me, the uh, loot effect of this card. Um, like maybe you have a madness deck, or maybe you have a flashback deck, or something that likes it when you discard a card or stuff in the graveyard. There's some mm -hmm. utility there. However, the full scope of what uh, Wizards of the Cope wants this to do will not be reached in uh, EDH, unfortunately. Yeah, well, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking through the spoilers here, and it seems like the, the cards that do have learn are... Well, it seems like most, most colors can have learn here. We've got some black and white cards. We've got some blue cards that can do learn. Red... Um, so shared amongst all the colors. Yeah, it's not. It's no ward. It's it's a, a little <laughs> bit more egalitarian than ward. <laughs> um, one note. One aside. The a lot of the lessons seem to be colorless, which is a very big point. Yeah. Other than Eldrazi cards, there weren't really any colorless uh, spells in Magic. Uh, well, I guess uh, artifacts too. But uh, specifically sorceries or instants that were colorless. Um, it's nice to see that we have these options now. One card in particular uh, that we should take note of is Introduction to Annihilation. It is a 5-mana colorless spell that exiles target non-land permanent just boop, hmm. exiles out of existence you can put that in anything um a little bit of a pricey exile but you know if you're lacking the exile in whatever color you're using now you have an exile mm -hmm. so um we have had uh colorless uh spells before um most of them were tied to eldrazi some of them weren't uh but this has shown up in a card uh like scour from existence it's a seven man exile any permanent but if you are in 
in say red or green that has um, troubles with specific one specific type of removal you might want to slam this in especially if you're in green and you just want something that takes care of um, creatures without having to worry about like um, restrictions um, five mana is nothing for uh, green player yeah oh I mean, yeah also green <laughs> yeah well i mean, <laughs> I mean five mana is still something in edh but for green uh, it's even yeah. less of a something yeah <laughs> I, I i guess you're not wrong my my viewpoint on edh has been very skewed uh because all of my decks are like big cost and i'm yeah. like oh this is only five mana it's not that bad <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that, it's weird to me to think that edh that's like i won't say top end but that's that's very much late game ish spells now in edh is, is five mana cost because that used to be um, very much mid game uh in edh uh when games were just that much longer <laughs> the cmc oh. uh the the curve has been steadily lowering in edh as more and more people start to be more competitive in it um oh no <laughs> not 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 to say not to say that they're uh getting like super duper cedh all over the place the thing that happened with COVID, uh, this is a little bit of a weird episode because we're uh, referencing real-life events more. Uh, the thing with COVID is it, it took away a lot of events from a lot of people, and um, the strongest online magic-playing community is EDH, is, is webcam mm -hmm. EDH. So the the community that uh, basically is like if you want to play any sort of magic this is the spot no matter what your uh, inclinations for magic is you had to start like acclimating to the fact that you can only not not only but you will have to play majority EDH so a mm -hmm. lot of the spikier players a lot of the tournament players a lot of the grinders are are in the EDH scene now and they oh, are and so now it's just EDH <laughs> yeah. Like big cdh <laughs> yeah well again yeah. it's it's not cedh um but they it, there is a trend towards efficiency and optimization now as you get more and more of these people coming into the edh community well i i will just continue building my decks uh as as funny as i can <laughs> regardless of how good they actually are okay yeah, well, if you want to be funny you can you can make an all lessons learning deck and just cycle <laughs> through it like, ah, yes i will slowly draw my deck every single time i play a lesson allow me to demonstrate <laughs> that, so that's so that's lessons that's learning um it's sort of helpful in some corner cases uh I hope that you can break it. You're probably not very much a constructed, um, a constructed mechanic. No. Alrighty. But the yeah, so those are all the the new keywords and mechanics or whatever. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and look at some some actual uh, new cards here. Yes. So we'll go into a few of the cycles, uh, and then. You know, we, we can talk about specifically what they are. Uh, but the first cycle that we'll talk about is um, one of the vegetables of magic, one of the staples of magic, which is lands and color fixing. 
And this mm. is, yeah, mm, yummy. <laughs> you eat vegetables. You gotta eat them vegetables. <laughs> yep. Uh, and mana base is one of those things that you do have to think about, uh, especially if mm -hmm. you're running any three color decks. Uh, Strixhaven brings to us the Snarl cycle, which is the enemy color reveal lands. Uh, reveal lands are cards that basically will come into play their dual lands that come into play tapped uh -huh. unless, unless you, you yeah. reveal a card. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in this case, it would be either uh, a swamp or a forest. We had these uh, specific, uh, uh, the ally uh, cycle of reveal lands in old Innistrad blocks. Pretty cool. It's nice that we have more of these now. Uh, these are probably mm -hmm. going to be way more useful in in dual color decks rather than triple color decks though. Yeah, considering uh, these are one dual lands, but you, you gotta reveal one of the two colors. Mm -hmm. Chances are you're gonna hit one of the two colors more often in a dual color deck. Yep. Um, and this is another lesson slash learning for y'all folks out there. Um, <laughs> most of the time, the enemy color of any land cycle is gonna be the pricier one. Mm. I, I don't think that that's going to be the case for this set specifically because um, it, it, it the the conditions is is a little bit higher than usual for for other uh, sets. If you want to pick these up, do so while they're cheap because they might creep up and be the more expensive of the reveal land cycle in I don't know five years or so. I'm, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> easy and convenient dual lands are, are always gonna be kind of expensive so uh i guess the faster you get them the cheaper they'll be yeah this cycle specifically i'm no i'm no uh prophet i'm no uh fortune teller but it, if these guys creep up there's gonna be no big hurry for wizards of the coast to reprint them so if you want to spec a little bit and we're, we're talking about like a dollar speculation here. We're not talking about like like chain of smog speculation. All right. Shoots up from fifty cents to twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking chain of smog oh, speculation. Oh God. Um, uh, these are pretty nice cards though. Uh, so you know, take they're a look pretty. at them. Oh, they are. They're gorgeous. These are some. Yeah. Look, I mean the 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 mind glimmer snarl, mm -hmm. uh, and frost boil snarl. Yeah. Fucking gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I like uh, Shine Shadow Snarl and uh, the two mm -hmm. that you did mention. Um, so Fury Calm Snarl, I I don't know. It just seems like a, a dragon that's wrapping up a cloud. I've I've seen that before. And yeah. uh, Necro Blossom Snarl. Uh, we're just we're just saying the names of these, by the way. You guys can take a look at the art. This, I guess it's the one thing that you can't really do with a podcast is <laughs> is mention it. The composition of this piece. Of well, <laughs> sucks to be y'all, okay? Where we're looking at the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sucks to be you guys. You think we're gonna sympathize with you? Fuck you. This is turn one scoop. You guys are trash. <laughs> Uh, no, you guys are great. Please, please keep listening. Um, Necro Blossom Snarl, unfortunately, uh, that's the Golgari land that we're looking at. It, it it's, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it just it just seems basic as fuck. It the so w visually the snarls are all these vortex twisters of magic. Like all of uh -huh. them have very long, uh, spindly points of magic. Um, that it, 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 just kind of wrapping around something or twisting yeah. around something or just kind of like long tendrils just yeah. flying around everywhere. Yeah, like 
Frostbolt, the Frostboil Snarl is like doing that in 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 like in part of this huge ass mountain. Furycom is doing that in this huge ass cloud. Shine Shadow is doing that in the middle of what is clearly a giant ass field. Uh, Vine Glimmer is doing that in like the middle of an ocean or something. Well, it looks like like either an ocean or like a forest or something. Yeah, yeah, like something big. The 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 uh, the uh, the sense of scale is huge. Necroblossom Snarl looks like you're a rock. Here's is... a little yeah. yeah. Here's a little patch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody 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 dropped their magic eight ball on the ground, and it's been a couple <laughs> of years, and it's, it's some you know there's been vines choking. It, it's not as impressive as the other snarls, so. It's, I mean, uh, artistically, it's it's great, but on like a I guess the grand scale of the yeah, other four, yeah. it's it's like yeah, a tiny blossom. Yeah, it's 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 um, it it does not invoke the same feeling as the other snarls. So there mm-hmm. we go. That's that's the cycle that we have for these snarls. Let's see what other cycles can we talk about here. Uh, yes. So this isn't so much a cycle, but a continuing mechanic. I don't think that this can really be called a mechanic anymore with the amount of cards that Wizards is producing of this type. Um, but it's still only the third time this has showed up, so we'll treat mm-hmm. it as a uh, non-evergreen for now. It, it it probably is evergreen, folks. Like don't 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 get me wrong. This is pretty much an evergreen effect at this point. But uh-huh. this uh, set also has the return of MDFCs. Uh, now explain to me, Pablo. What does this mean? Flip cards. Oh, flipper. Um, so each 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 set that MDFCs has shown up has uh, been a little bit unique. They've they've done something different with each uh, iteration. In uh, Zendikar, when they first came out, the other side was usually a land. In Kaldheim, they usually had. MDFCs where one side is a creature and the other side is a different type of permanent, usually a uh, artifact, sometimes a planeswalker. Hmm. Mm. In in Strixhaven, this is the first time where we see uh, creature MDFCs that have uh, just different creatures on both sides. Creatures on both sides, yes. Uh, now mm-hmm. there are some MDFCs here that are also sorceries or instants on the other side. Um, which is also uh, something new, uh, but basically this one is uh, the uh, creatures are the ones that are more um, more front and center as as far as uh, the what what's being shown right now. Mm-hmm. So Pablo, tell me tell me how these flip cards work. Um. So, so I, I actually have no idea. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Before before that before that we'll go we'll okay. go to we'll go to the special one that I was talking about. Oh uh, yes, that's right. One thing to note is this does uh, showcase one of my favorite uh, planeswalkers, um, Ooh. Rowan, and I guess her brother. Will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Will's there too. Um, and I guess her brother. Yeah. Uh, so I like Will and Rowan. They are in lore planeswalkers that share a spark. Um, this is something that happens in twins uh, a lot in Magic, Ugin, and Nicol Bolas while they don't share a spark. Um, when you're a twin planeswalker, uh, there's always something deeper going on. And with Rowan and Will, uh, they 
can only ever planeswalk together, which is kind of neat. Uh, they are also a um, pairing that Magic uh, Wizards of the Coast adds a lot of like double effects to, like um, in both their abilities and mechanics. Like in uh, their first iteration, they are the first. Um, they were the first planeswalkers that could partner with each other. Um, yeah. We've we've had that since for uh, Jessica, Jessica, Thrice Reborn, and Tevish Zot, Bane of Fools. But the originators of the partner mechanic for uh, planeswalkers are the twins, Rowan and Will. In their next iteration in um, Eldraine, at least the non-preconstructed edition, Rowan and Will were the first uh, planeswalkers with a dual typing in their uh, type class. So most planeswalkers are going to be like one character, uh, like Professor Onyx in... in uh, what set is this again? Professor Onyx. I'm sorry, I get distracted whenever I talk about Professor Onyx because... <laughs> Uh, let's let's just say that she's also one of my favorites. But hey, she a mommy dommy, okay? <laughs> oh, please, Michelle, no! Don't call me out. I don't want to be revealed like this. Okay, we can cut it out. <laughs> no, we're not cutting this out. We're leaving okay, it. Okay. <laughs> All right, the big suck. Anyway, 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 anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Now I got distracted again. Uh, okay, right. Will and Rowan. Will and Rowan in Pro Strixhaven. Pro Professor Professor Onyx. Uh, she is still Liliana. Uh, most uh, Planeswalkers are just gonna have one character that they're associated with. Uh, which, uh, spoiler alert, if you're one of those freaks that actually reads the magic novels post mending, <laughs> I'm looking at everybody who isn't me right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Liliana is uh, Professor Onyx. Uh, in Eldraine, we saw the first a uh, double double subtype planeswalker in uh, the Royal the Royal Scions, Will and Rowan. Uh, their legendary mm -hmm. planeswalker, Will and Rowan. In uh, Strixhaven, they're also breaking a new mold. They are the first planeswalkers that are MDFCs. Ah, oh, well, with, I, with, with another with another planeswalker, by the way, not, with not a, ah, okay, okay. Yeah. So there are other planeswalkers out there that flip, but not not to another planeswalker. Yeah, uh, Tybalt is also an MDFC that is a planeswalker, but technically the front side of Tybalt is Valky, God of Lies. So um, for the for the purposes of a lot of mechanics in uh, Magic uh, for search effects, etc. Valky is the one that the card looks at instead of the Planeswalker side of Tybalt. Uh, for Rowan, Scholar of Sparks, and uh, Will, Scholar of Frost, whenever there's something that cares about what the front face of the card is, it will always know that these two are a Planeswalker. That's why they are technically-ish the first purely um, Planeswalker MDFC in Magic. Um, so kudos oh. to them, always breaking barriers. I see. Alright. Well, I guess before we go any further, can you explain to me how these flip cards work, Pablo? Because I, I actually have no idea how they work. Alright, um, so just a small primer. Uh, MDFCs are cards with two faces. Mm -hmm. um, when you cast them, you choose which side that you are going to like put on the field. Like You, you can play them or cast them because some of them are lands and you, know, you can't cast lands. Um, yes. 
in your deck or in your graveyard, uh, the front side of the card is going to be the card, uh, the card side with a single triangle in the front of it. And the uh -huh. back side of the card is the one that has two triangles on it. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that's why when we were talking about Valky, um, he's not really a, a Planeswalker MDFC because when he's in your graveyard or when he's in your deck, he's considered to be just Valky. Um, okay. For the purposes of stuff like um, Cascade, I think. Uh, that's one of the reasons why. Um, Rowan and Will, however, they'll always be Planeswalkers no matter where they are, in your hand, graveyard, wherever. Okay. Uh, so I guess with these, you, you just choose which side you want to play. Mm -hmm. And um, that's... that's, that's uh, what you get yeah okay um we'll, we'll not get too bogged down to this because there's a lot of rules concerning mdfcs but basically ah. if somebody's tutoring or cascading or something uh that basically says look for certain type of card the only thing that can be tutored is the front side of the card if something is saying cast from your graveyard or play from your graveyard or cast from your library, then depending on the case, you can flip the other side of the MDFC. Uh, mm -hmm. But for the most part, um, it's going to be the front side that matters more. Um, okay. Uh, and so in the case that you've already cast uh, the, the uh, MDFC, you can't flip it over. Yes. It, uh, it's Okay. Yeah, it stays on top like... For whatever reason, there are some cards out there that say, hey, uh, flip target permanent over, like morph cards or reality shit. Well, not reality shit. Morph cards or manifest cards that say, hey, mm -hmm. flip that card over. MDFCs can't because technically they have no backside. Okay, okay. So it's just, that's cool then. Yep. All right. Uh, well, we spent a little bit of time on MDFCs, so we'll, you know, it, it's it's nice to see creatures are here. Some of them are spells, some of them are double creatures, and one special Planeswalker pair are uh, double Planeswalkers. Nice. Yep, 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 yep. All right, moving on to another uh, cycle here. Um, this one um, is the triumphant return of the Elder Dragon cycle. Um, Ooh, I know Michelle has... Mean, Pablo? Hmm? Now, what does this mean? Nothing, really. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Uh, but, but, but it just means that a very powerful creature uh, is coming back into magic. So um, Elder, the Elder subtype for creatures, basically means this motherfucker is serious <laughs> uh, you are getting oh. a lot of value when this when this guy comes in um, you see that with some of the older elder dragons you see that with the elder giants like Krosa and uh, Uro Uro specifically um, when you see the elder subtype you know that this card means business it gonna be big dick mm -hmm. um, and with that uh, Basically, lore-wise, in Strixhaven, every school, every house, <laughs> let me pull my all the house. Um, <laughs> we're all founded. <laughs> we're all founded. Hey, shut up. Uh, they were all founded by uh, an elder dragon, and um, 
when when you see elder dragons they're just going to have like walls of text and they do like 7 million things when they come into play or when they attack or something um that's cuz they're elder okay yeah uh, they're elderly they're strong yeah uh we're not going to spend too much time on them because at the point of this recording we've only had one elder dragon spoiled but it's going to be a full cycle there's going to be five of them well not full cycle but there's going to be a, a a set cycle which is five cards mm-hmm. um one for each house yep and uh Dude, these guys look amazing. They look badass. Uh, well, at least... the one guy that has been revealed yeah. looks pretty pretty cool. He's also uh, already almost $90. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's just because um, people would just want to get in on it right this second. The other thing about elders is they are usually undercosted for the effect that they do. <laughs> so right so, now we're looking at this five mana uh, dragon, Shadrick Silverquill. Yeah, it, it, he's five or mana Shadrix. and or- Orzov, elder dragon, flying double strike, a wall of text. Otherwise, basically what I'm saying is this guy, uh, Shadrick Silverquill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wall of text. Basically, um, it's still a a bit on the expensive side for constructed, but it's not like the uh, six CMC cutoff where it turns from like sort of hard to cast to completely fucking trash. So I can see why this guy is ninety dollars so far. It's still early days. It'll probably yeah. normalize in the future, but you know. I mean, apart from that, his his art looks uh, pretty pretty damn cool. Okay. Yeah. Mega got that full dope. art thing going on. Uh, super cool. Nice art. Uh under well not under costed but like reasonably costed for some more uh some formats so the price uh, might be might be a little volatile a little inflated yeah all right um another cycle that we have is the command cycle in in past few years uh whenever an elder dragon cycle comes out they usually have something called a command cycle as well uh which is basically like uh saying hey this is this is the dragon telling you guys what to do um they are modal spells that have a bunch of uh a bunch of modes uh connected to them uh so modal spells like uh-huh. mdfcs give you a lot of options uh, for this one, it's just on the face of the card. Uh, the command cycle uh, basically says, out of these four options, choose two to cast, and uh, we're getting... Oh. Yeah. So it's like Austere Command. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, whenever there's Elder Dragons, usually they're also their own cycles of commands. Uh, we're not going to go through all of them. Uh, just, you know, these are nice, and they are most of the time mana efficient like they 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 can be played in a lot of uh sets thankfully they're all in rare so you know it's not like a chase mythic you don't have to break the bank like you would the uh, dragons that are commanding these kids But, you know, uh, I, I get the feeling that at least one or two of these are going to be played in every format. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, get them early because uh, they can only go up, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that seems like the case with a lot of these cards, honestly. Yeah. And right. that is it for cycles that I can see for the moment. Um, oh, excuse me. There is one last cycle. 
damn it. Oh, yes. <laughs> damn it. All right. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Bye, bye, bye. And the last cycle, uh, the last big obvious cycle um, that aren't like tied to uh, small cantrips or whatever are the Deans of Magic. Wee woo, the Deans. The Deans. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Are super... we talking about the, the the five the five commandos or the other like like Professor Onyx? Uh, the other ones. Uh, this is specifically the uh, MDFCs uh, that are double creatures, like we were talking about earlier. Okay, so we're looking at Deans here. I see them here. There, uh, here's a Shyly Dean of Radiance. He's mm-hmm. a white, white Dean bird cleric. And then on the flip side, you've got Embrose, the Dean of Shadow, which is which is black. Mm-hmm. So that's. Uh, and then you've got. Oh yes. Uh, I was gonna say. So that's a. Uh, that's the uh, Silver Quill dudes. Yep, yep, yep. And then you've got, um, here's a blue one here, uh, Imbraham. I think that's how you say it. Imbraham, Dean of Theory. He's a bluebird. Bluebird! Uh, and then you've got Kiani, Dean of Substance, uh, which is green. So the, the Simic colors. Yeah. Not too sure what this Quandrix. Quandrix. Okay, and then you've got um, Augusta, Dean of Order, which is white. And on the flip side, Plarg, Dean of Chaos, which ugh, is red. Ugh, well, with a name like that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're the lore holds. <laughs> All right. And then Lisette, Dean of the Root, which is green. And on the flip side, Valentin? Va- Valentin? Valentine. Valentin, Dean of the Vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are the Witherblooms. Alright, and then we've got one more right here, which is Uvilda, Dean of Perfection, which is blue. And on the flip side, you've got Nasari, Dean of Expression. These guys are cool. These guys, uh, you would say that, you fucking art kid. <laughs> wow, you bitch! <laughs> these, these guys... These guys <laughs> you fucking touchy-feely art kid. Uh, these guys are the... <laughs> these guys are the Prismari. Um... Uh, if if you guys didn't know, there this isn't so much like um, Harry Potter ish, where um, every every house is like basically a generic house. It's just worldview that is different. Um, in Strixhaven, all the houses focus on different uh, areas of magic. So um, uh, Witherbloom are druids that care about like Golgari things. Uh, Silver Quill look like they're all about that control life. Um, mm. Quandrix um, looks like they're the um, so was, this is this is actually a, a bit of a a bit of a um, a switch. Most of the time in lore for any of these cycles, is it is portrayed as the. Um, the the uh, color pairing that's very focused on academic magic like um, like the is it guild you know in in in, mm-hmm. in Ravnica in Ravnica uh, in this in this in this set though Quandrix is being shown as the academic magicians um, of course they still have a little bit of a nature bent but they it looks like they're like the elementalists Prismari mm-hmm. uh, which is the is it uh, house in this world um, is about expression and music and sculpture, etc. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so you know, um, uh, not not sp- not uh, something that is it is part of is its um, 
color uh, pie, but um, usually never focus to this extent. So kudos to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, last but not least is Boros, which is Lorehold, red mm-hmm. and white. This is the very much, very much, we are tentatively hoping that this is going to be the card advantage for uh, Boros and white specifically, because Boros mm-hmm. has been getting card advantage. Um, it has been getting the help it needs, red and and red has been lending its impulse power to white. You'll see uh, in a lot of the um, Boros commanders that have been coming out so far, I will stress this, Boros is getting the help it needs. And hopefully it gets a little bit more of a boost than this set, because yes. Lord knows they need it. Yes. Uh, the lore hold cards that have been shown have been seen as having some card advantage for Boros itself, like um, Lorehold Command specifically. One of the options is sacrifice a permanent, draw two cards. Great. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Nice, awesome. A little bit too aristocrats for my feeling, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice that they have that option. Damn, you gotta get, you gotta take what you can get. Second thing is, um, the which we will be uh, uh, talking about right next actually is the commander for Boros in the pre-constructed decks also has a uh, card advantage mechanic like this that isn't uh, connected to combat, um, which is a good sign. However, uh-huh. until I see a mono white card that does this, it means that the status quo is still sort of the same. Mm. Uh, Boros is getting the help that it needs. Awesome, amazing. They are still, um, they still need it, uh, but they have been getting it. They have options now. The only color that is getting shit on <laughs> is, is is still still white. Yeah, still mono white. Yeah. Um, we are waiting to see that mono white card advantage. We are waiting. We are waiting. Hopefully, this is gonna be the set. Hopefully. Now, uh, all right. So this is going to be the last thing that we're talking about tonight, uh, or today, or... The last, excuse you. Whenever. <laughs> uh, apart from, you know, the thing that we're going to talk about next, uh, the commanders. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, the set yeah. The has, has a lot of really, really, really pretty, <laughs> pretty cards uh, within the mystical archive. You're right. We, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So this is the yeah. last... Um, mechanical thing that I guess we'll talk okay. about tonight. Right. These are going to be the five main commanders for the pre-constructed decks. Um, okay. Let's go... Uh, how do you want to do this, Michelle? Do you want me to do well, one and you do one? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's five of them. Okay. I guess since I'm taking the lead, I'll go first. Uh, Oakley, let's start with the most disgusting of the pairings at least as far oh. as on my list uh actually no i know you like them so <laughs> okay. so here, here here excuse me excuse me one second uh people are fi- i mean i like they, they they seem like a cool cool thing happening okay but also i also happen to really like the artist that that drew them okay yeah i gotcha because uh, the artist uh is cool okay <laughs> 
Well, let's start off with Michelle because I think that she has uh, a lot more excitement for these guys than I do. <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, look, they, they look really cool, okay? The, the, so I'm talking about uh, Adrix and Nev, the twin casters. Uh, good old Simic colors, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, and they have Ward, which, which I quite like because it's a commander first off. And Ward is an annoying, uh, as we've discussed before, mechanic. And so a little bit more protection on the commander. But also... Uh, if one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice uh, that many tokens are created instead. So it seems like go go wide or go oh. home, okay? Oh, it's way more than that. It is. Oh, is it way more than that? It so is. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's just tokens, so it's also non-creature tokens, right? So like things like coins mm -hmm. and, and, and shit. Yeah. Okay, so even cooler than what I thought, yeah. Pamblo. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> it is one half of doubling season. There aren't that many of these, and it is very, very fucking silly to see <laughs> that that Simic got one. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, they're literally cool looking. But also, I really like the artist who drew them, Andrew Marr. Uh, great, great fucking artist, okay? Good. Uh, very happy to see this. Um, I, well, I yes, very nice. Uh, I... I, I, okay, if we're talking about composition, I get why they're framed the way they are because they're like showing the, the magic loop. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I would have cropped it that way, but you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, well, I mean, if you look at the extended art, it looks, it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That looks way better. Um, but that's, the you know, art does look way better, but yeah, that's, 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 okay. that's, that's setting. That's a, that's a card type setting issue thing. So we'll, we'll not talk about that. We'll talk about the mechanics here. This is a four mana doubling season. That protects itself. <laughs> Do you know how fucking stupid a four mana, well, not doubling season, but a four mana um, parallel lives anointed procession that protects itself is? This is hey. this is so yeah. dumb. This is so, uh, so dumb. I mean, I mean, maybe this is why I was drawn to this. Uh, I. <laughs> In the command zone. In the command zone. <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 Um, calming down. Calming down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Face value. Face value. If you told me nothing else about this set, if you asked me which of these commanders would sell the most, it would be these two. They're just... Mm -hmm. They're just pushed. They're pushed as fuck. I don't. When we're talking about the other commanders, I'll I'll be, you know, uh, saying this and that. But these two are the pushed as fuck commanders for this set. Yeah, I mean, as of now, they're the only ones that also have an extended art uh, revealed at the very least. Yeah. Uh, so we know where Magic's Magic's head is. I guess. I don't really. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about these. <laughs> thankfully, though. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully. <laughs> Since these guys are just uh, the token half of doubling season, there's not much to talk about. Like, whatever doubling season shenanigans that you have, these guys will like it. And end of story. There's no, there's not much, like, th there's not really much discussion there. Um, we can... Yeah. I just really like the art. Yeah. But also, it's, it's too 
two two cute boys, so. <laughs> uh, I, neat, I guess, but also fuck the power level of this. Moving on, let me do one of mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to do uh, uh, the next one, at least on my list here. Brina the Demagogue, a three-mana bird warlock. Strong, strong Derby vibes for me coming off of yeah, this card. Yeah, I, I also really like Brina. Uh, These she, are the two that are like, oh, yes. This is also aesthetically, I mean, I think it's the coolest looking out of this cycle. I, I do agree with you. I do think that Brina is the coolest, and uh, when, when the... The art was first revealed. I was instantly like, "Oh, Brina, what? Hello!" <laughs> it's just, it's just so much. Okay, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, shit on digital artists. I am one. Um, but Brina is the most visually interesting out of all of them. In that, um, mm-hmm. all the other ones are, I won't say generic because they're, you know, whatever. They, but they're more standard fantasy art. Brina just looks. Like there, there's more going on with her. It, it looks like a mythos cycle. It's the perspective. It's the the most interesting looking to me, composition wise. Just because the other uh, four commanders, um, they're pretty much standard fantasy looking. Mm-hmm. Just, they're just standard fantasy looking. Uh, Brina, um, the perspective is interesting. There's a little bit of fisheye going on. There's just a lot of stuff that is visually appealing for Brina. Mm-hmm. But to to prevent me from going uh, full Michelle here, I'm going to talk about the mechanics now. Wow, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Call you out on that. Uh, all right. What the uh, fuck? <laughs> Look, I agree with everything you said about Brina, okay? I, too, agree with you that Brina is the most interesting-looking one here, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, but I'm saying, like, I don't want to keep going on about it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> three mana, one colorless Orzhov, uh, bird warlock, legendary creature, of course, because it's the commander, flying, who flying. cares? <laughs> oh. <laughs> one, three. <laughs> um... Uh, it, uh, I guess to note, it is the only flying commander uh, of this set. So if if, if you're into that, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Okay. Uh, ability is whenever a player attacks one of your opponents, if that opponent has more life than any of your other opponents, that attacking uh, then then another of your opponents, not any of your opponents, but so basically anybody who has. Uh, don't bully is what Brina is saying. Don't be a bully. If you're not a bully, if you're hitting people with big life totals, that attacking player draws a card, and you can put uh, two one-one counters on a creature you control. Good commander, political commander. This commander will cause so many rules questions on your table. Um, yes. Just the way it's worded, it's the same as Belby. It's the same as the Trest Elves from Conspiracy. What this card is trying to say is, I am wishing that your opponents, my owner's opponents, I'm Brina right now, I wish my owner slash controller's opponents would be incentivized to hit each other and not my controller slash... Um, owner Mm. um it's a little hard to grok that for a lot of newer players um 
some people are going to, if you're the Brina player, they're going to hit you and then wonder why they can't draw a card. Brina only cares if enemies, your enemies, you the player who is controlling Brina's enemies are getting hit. Same mm. as Belby. Uh, Belby only gives you mana if your enemies are getting hit. Uh, same with Aaliyah, same with the uh, Trust Emissaries. They only care about card draw when somebody else is getting hit. Brina's the same. Remember that and make sure that um, make sure that people aren't drawing off of attacking you because Brina is technically taxing people to uh, reverse taxing them or however sideways taxing them to not attack <laughs> you. Okay. Uh, yes. Whenever she triggers, you do you are allowed to put the two counters on the creature you control. Uh, that'll always happen. Um, but for the opponents to take advantage of Brina, they have to hit people that are not you, okay? So And they have uh, to hit people that have higher life than them, so... Yeah. Uh, kind of evens everybody out. Exactly. No bullies. Um, just be prepared to clarify this every time you sit at a table. It just, it's mm -hmm. just... It's just something that you're going to have to get used to. If you are playing Brina, you are going to be talking. Which is fine, because Brina is very much a political commander. You're supposed to be, like, uh, talking when you're playing her anyway. I'm assuming it's yeah. a her. Looks... I, I mean, the name name-wise, I, I, I can assume, but, but we, we shouldn't assume. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? We're, How we're, dare uh, you assume this bird's gender, okay? It, Brina, Brina, this card, <laughs> this card, this anti-bully card... Um, but thankfully, that's all that uh, we really need to talk about. If once you understand what Brina is trying to do, it's really easy to like um, to to just just go past it. It is just a it. reverse anti-tax bully blah 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 mechanic for politics. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> all right, and so I'll go ahead and move on to uh, Will Dusk, Essence Seer. So he's a uh, green. Oh hey black, hey, black what are we talk about? What were we talking about? What? Don't assume. Oh, you're all oh, oh no, Pablo! <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm gotcha. gonna get canceled. Oh. All right, all right, all right. I'm just kidding. So we got Will Dusk, S mm -hmm. and Seer. It is black and green. Mm -hmm. Uh, three cost, uh, black and green. Here, legendary creature, of course, a dryad druid. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, yes. so, uh, just, just, just as an aside, since it is a dryad, um. You you have like a seventy five percent chance, or actually no, you have a ninety five percent chance of, oh. of getting it right that that uh, it's a she, because just you know, um, traditionally in magic, dryads have been females. There are a couple ah. in Theros that are males. Like there are exceptions, but um, you know it, you're not you're not so far off if you're gonna uh, say that Willow Desk is a she. But don't do that. Don't do that. Though. Oh, I actually I think I said he, but. <laughs> Oh you know? yeah, he, my bad. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Just don't do it. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna uh, be a bad it, time. It, it, it is a legendary dryad druid. Okay, they're all gonna be its now. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and so you can pay one and tap it to uh, choose another target creature. Uh, put a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the amount of life you gained this turn or the amount of life you lost this turn. Uh, whichever is greater. <laughs> and then you can activate this only as a sorcery. Too many words. Next. What? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not going to dismiss it offhand. Um, this, this thing, this thing doesn't, unfortunately, doesn't do anything too crazy. Um, 
we've seen plus one, plus one effects in Golgari. We've seen um, life gain, life loss matters in black. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, it's okay. It's okay. You can put this as a commander, but nothing special is going to be happening for you putting Willow Dusk yeah. as your commander. It's it, not it like... It seems like yeah. uh, Willow Dusk... Uh... Uh, could potentially be like a Voltron because you are putting the plus one plus one on it, on it and not on anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, actually, yeah. no. It's it's on right? another creature. Oh. Well. Put a number. Oh, choose another. Never mind. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, Willow Dusk. Um. G- looks like a good ninety nine commander. We'll see what other uh, commanders they have uh, added into its deck when uh, the Willow Dusk deck <laughs> comes out. But right now, uh-huh. it just looks like another Golgari good stuff thing that won't yeah. really serve you too much as the leader, unless you unless you want to go Dryad tribal a tribal or something. It's, it's it's okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I guess that's me next. Uh, sorry, Willow Dusk, you just weren't that interesting. <laughs> uh. uh. Next we have Osgear the Reconstructor. Um. I was talking about uh, the card advantage in Boros and how they were getting more of it. Um, this is sort of a sideways way of doing it, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. It is a four-mana uh, giant artificer, two and uh, white and a red. It's got Vigilance, and it's 4-4. Four, four. The, the abilities are pay one, sacrifice an artifact, target creature gets plus, or that you control, gets plus two, plus zero until the end of turn. And a second ability is pay X and tap Osgear and exile an artifact card with mana value X from your graveyard. So for the amount of mana, you can exile something in your graveyard with uh, mana value, which is CMC. By the way, guys, we are switching terms from mana value to CMC now. That's I don't know. I, I Wizards of the Coast oh. felt like that was a thing they needed to do. Is so. that is that something that was a that was a thing? Yeah, I I don't get it. Like here, a lot of terminology that you, Wizards has done in the past has been to like make something more fantasy sounding. Mm. I don't really think that there's much of a difference between saying mana cost versus mana value i oh. so i i'm not gonna <laughs> spend too much time in it it's just one of those things that you just have to get over uh, uh-huh. mana cost out right. mana value welcome to uh 2021 you do all that shit you create two tokens that are a copy of the exiled card activate only as a sorcery not technically the greatest of card advantages but it is doubling a permanent for the same mana cost of a regular permanent. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't so much card advantage, but it is like card advantage one and a half cards you're getting off of this. Unless you're doing some like yeah. busted combo thing, um, which which in that case you're just doing busted combo things anyway. Uh, what do you think of this guy, uh, Michelle? Uh, aesthetically, he, he he's oh. a big artificer. In terms of mechanics, Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of mechanics, uh, Oskir seems, uh, he doesn't really pique my interest, specific, really. Uh, he, he's just, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. sacrifice an artifact, I guess, and uh, my creatures get a little stronger until the end of turn. I'm glad that they have a Boros commander that cares about 
you know, shitting on artifacts, though. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's part of Red's identity and White's identity. But they, they never really do that. They never really, like, uh, touch that. Uh, on on the destructive aspect of it, uh, in yeah. uh, as far as I I know, for a lot of commanders, like most of the Boros commanders that care about artifacts, like they love it. I love my artifact. I want to kiss it. I want to hug it. Mwah, 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 artifact, my my darling. Oskir <laughs> uh, is here smashing that shit. <laughs> Smash for advantage. Stronger creature. <laughs> yeah. Good for Oskir. Good good for Oskir. Uh, breaking um, those but, expectations. Yeah. <laughs> But in terms of as a commander, I'm kind of okay. Yeah, this uh, is cool. I guess I wouldn't really pick him up. Yeah. Um, myself. But it is interesting enough. There are going to be some uh, decks built around what uh, Oskir can do. Uh, I can easily see this getting uh, out of hand in you know mm -hmm. one way or another. Um, I'm gonna shit on Willow Dusk a little bit, but like Willow Dusk is the bottom of the bar right now. Oskir uh, very easily clears that bar. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know how Oscar is gonna be broken, but when you're doing artifact graveyard shenanigans, usually something There's is ways. gonna break. Yeah. There's ways, especially yeah. if you can create like uh, copies of of artifacts and yeah. stuff. Especially that. Yep, you're right. Mm -hmm. And 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 what's nice is even if you can't do anything with that, Oscar can at least still use those like I don't know shitty artifacts that you're throwing away, um, and just. To yeah. pump, pump your boys. Yeah. Like, um... Okay, uh... Okay. Uh, just just to give you a, a very, very small... Uh, small sampling of why Osgear is a, a, a cool card advantage guy. I'm sure other people have already talked about this uh, in their in their Osgear reviews. Uh, the just most one-to-one -one, um, value play that I can think of for Osgear, like, um easiest for people to understand and easiest to put on the field um we're not talking about like any busted ass combos here okay is mm. icor wellspring icor wellspring is a two mana artifact that when it comes into the battlefield you draw a card and when it goes to the graveyard you draw a card mm -hmm. you do that with oskir you are paying four mana to draw four cards in boros yep that i mean uh i that's a better rate than blue does. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty good, uh, considering that Boros does need the uh, the extra card draw. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of thing that uh, he's going to do. Um, you can abuse Ar uh, Astrum's um, Astrolabe-like effects like this. Basically... Mm -hmm. It's very easy for us gear to be good. Anyway, uh, that's a, that, that was just an aside, like, um, why I'm saying us gear is way more interesting than Willow Dusk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a shame his aesthetic does not match a line with my aesthetics, but it is what it is. You know what? He's actually very muddled visually for, yeah. um, um, for what he's supposed... He's supposed to be a giant... Mm -hmm. But it's kind of hard to tell that he's a giant at all, really. Yeah. He seems normal-sized in his image. Yeah, because, yeah. like, it, here's the thing. If the... <laughs> Dude, I, I, I feel weird because, like, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Victor... Oh, let's see the artist. is Victor Adame is, is very much a much better artist than I am. But the, mm -hmm. the problem with Osgear is the 
background is is very muted like it's it's very much um not not the background the foreground is only just a touch more uh saturated than the uh, background so mm -hmm. um it feels contrast yeah it feels like the size difference isn't highlighted as much like the guy behind osgear is supposed to be um like right next to him and is supposed to give you that size feeling like oh, okay osgear is like mm -hmm. mega huge but with the way that the lighting is it feels like that dude is He's way in the background away. yeah so like it just makes osgear look like a regular guy that somebody from far away is looking at it osgear yeah, so, is yeah. uh, <laughs> a little bit of color theory for you uh, non-artists out there usually when things are portrayed further away uh, they usually um, painted or colored in uh, somewhat of a lighter color or more desaturated color, which is which is why he does look further away. Yeah, yeah. This this one, it, it that that uh, that visual cue is way more muddled. So it like honestly, when I first saw Oscar, I thought it was a dwarf. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, okay. My mom, Blar, he's a giant. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a giant ass <laughs> dwarf. It doesn't help that there's a giant looking motherfucker like way in the background too. Like that, yeah. that, that like monster thing. Like if there's anything in this picture that looks like a giant, it's the dude it's the like in the way back in the back. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I don't, I don't know. He, because he's a uh, very faded. He's almost as tall as Osgear, mm. which kind of implies because he's so far away and he's yeah. as big as Osgear. If you're up close, then he's gonna be a big boy. And it doesn't help that the horizon line for this is sort of like way lower than what the. Okay. Okay, all right. I guess we're going to get into this. I <laughs> guess we're going to get fucking into this. The bottom of the frame is implying a horizon line that is technically not there. It's either going to be yeah. like lower or higher. But unfortunately, the eye is looking at that and thinks that that's the horizon line and makes the giant thing in the background look way bigger because that's yeah. where... Anyway, anyway, any fucking way, let's get past it. Let's get to the last. God, we spent weight. I Michelle that hard in that one. Uh, uh, wow, excuse you. Okay. <laughs> oh Jesus. Well, it's fine because we're moving on anyway to the Zaphi Thunder Conductor. It is a four-cost uh, uh, human shaman, so two, a blue and a red, uh, and a wall of text here, but. Um, Zaphi has gotten Magecraft, a Magecraft ability. So whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, scry one. If that spell's mana value is five or greater, create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. If that spell uh, mana value is ten or greater, Zaphi Thunder Collector deals ten damage to an opponent chosen at random. Missed opportunity to call him Zap-I, but... You know, <laughs> I'm sure they thought of it and thought it was like way too silly. So, so I will, I refuse to believe that there was not a moment in R&D where they're going, what do we call him? Zappi. <laughs> no, no, there, there, there had to be, there had to be somebody who made that joke. Impossible that they didn't make that joke. Okay. Zappi. Zap, zap! I, now that I made zap it, zap the, I can't, I can't stop thinking of a zap eye, zap eye, zap eye. Um, the typing confuses me a little bit. I mean, I get that he's a shaman uh, because of, because of like um how um how um, um 
the abilities are, that care about elementals and direct damages, like, yeah, all right. The red shamans very much uh, traditionally care about those kinds of mechanics. Zapai does not look like a shaman, dude. Like, no. I, he, I, the... he, he looks very much so... I mean, he, he's a conductor. He, he's a ma not a magician, what the fuck. Musician. Yeah, like, I, I don't know... Maybe advisor, maybe it's 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 weird because there there is no bard uh, uh creature type in Magic right now. I'm I'm hoping that uh -huh. one day they will have one. Uh, Z Zafai just uh, I don't know shaman. It doesn't read really as a shaman. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's talk about the um, talk about the um, the ability ability uh yeah. abusable. Very much so. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it's not in black, so you don't have the whole, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't have the whole uh, chain of smog combo baked in here. Um, <laughs> what what else? Uh, yeah, there's there's ways to there's absolutely ways to uh, break Zephy. Um, can't think of any at the moment, but it just goes into big spell slinging decks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it seems yeah. like he's just all spell. I mean, Magecraft itself, as we said earlier, just kind of feeds into the whole spell slingy uh, thing. And so, you know, Zephy being the is it commander here, mm -hmm. uh, it's spell spell sling. Yeah, um, I think make make them elementals or or zap someone for ten. Yeah, <laughs> I get the feeling that Zephy is gonna be uh, very useful in X spell tribal, uh, just because ah. they're. There really aren't that many uh, 10-drop spells naturally in in uh, blue. And the 10x spells in red, you sort of don't want to cast. Because <laughs> uh, they're the ones that are usually, uh, like, destroy everything, lose the game. Uh, okay. So, yeah, X-Spell Tribal for Zephy. Zephy, pretty cool guy. Rather, they named him Zappi, but... <laughs> I'm a poet. Put Probably. me, <laughs> put me in this this dude's is a uh, music class. What the fuck? Is that? What, 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 Prismari, yeah, I'm a Prismari mage, baby. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and that's it. That is our review for the mechanics. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about these commanders, Pablo? Um, of the ones that we talked about, Adrix, mm -hmm. dumb. Brina, nice. Uh, everybody, uh, okay. Adrix, dumb. Brina, nice. Osgear and Zafai, eh, I've seen it done, but they are doing it a little bit cooler. Uh, Willow Dusk, uh, 99. Oh. That, that's actually fair. I have a, a fairly similar uh, opinion to you. I mean, I always thought that Brina aesthetically, for one, is cool. But also, uh, the mechanic is... is uh, I'm big into the politics uh, mm -hmm. game, so I'm kind of like, oh, yes, I, I like... I like it when a card enforces politics. So I'm like, Brina's cool. And then, yeah, you know, I, I also really like Adrix and, Adrix and Nev, okay? Yeah. Uh, very dumb, very silly, and I'm into... Dumb and silly. So you're liking the commanders that have either uh, protection for themselves or uh, imply, uh, not imply, uh, and, uh, 
incentivized or, to not touch me. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So you're you're basically no, okay. All right, me. fine. That's fine. I, I'm I'm a okay <laughs> with that. Um, for pure power, if I am ever going to be playing any of these, I guess I'd play Adrix, cause um the Brina's politics isn't isn't usually the way I play politics. It's it's okay, mm-hmm. but um. It, it, it just just not my just not my style uh yeah so of the of these cards the only one that i would like maybe play is adrix and i'm i'm already kind of like over the fucking simic value train okay <laughs> so uh, i'm just getting on so this feels very nice at the moment okay okay all right <laughs> um it is pretty cool that there's going to be a a very easily available uh doubling season effect because parallel lives anointed possession doubling season itself uh those cards are a little bit pricey um i get the feeling adrix and nev are also going to be eventually pricey on their own for now they're going to be printed out the ass because wizard always prints commander boxes out the ass uh for a little while there's going to be a i'm pretty sure that got picked up for a little while, at least, there is going to be a semi-affordable uh, doubling season effect on the market, thanks to Adrix and Nev. Yeah, and uh, this will probably be the first set where I actually go out and, and buy um, pre-cons myself this time. Okay. Oh, which one would you be getting out of these? Uh, honestly, I kind of want both, so... <laughs> no, fair, fair, fair. I was going to ask you, like, uh, out of the two, which one would you be, you be getting? Oh, uh, I was just, just going to get both, because I'm like, I really like both of these guys. <laughs> But if you're asking out of the two, I, oh, I don't know. I mean, like, my, my heart was initially set on Brina because uh, the bird looks cool and the bird has flying and the bird is just cool, okay? Yeah, no, I uh, feel yeah. Just not that many blackbirds. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, honestly, I'll, I'll probably end up just getting both. Fair. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be, like, getting any of these I might just for the fact that there's always one card in every commander pre-constructed deck that will eventually cost thirty dollars. It's just mm-hmm. it's it, twenty or thirty. You know, it's not got too crazy. And there's gonna be one in each of these decks. Like we already know for sure, there's gonna be one chase card in every single one of these decks. I guess I'm just waiting to see what those chase cards are gonna be like before I make a decision. Okay. Because these, because these commanders at face value do not do anything for me. Ah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now we're gonna go to what Michelle really wanted to talk about today. Pretty cards, <laughs> cards that are pretty. If you guys haven't uh, gotten uh, your earbuds, dis- uh, ear earbuds, not, not earbuds. If you guys haven't gotten your ear eardrums destroyed, drums? Uh, eardrums, yeah. Uh, Strixhaven's um, Strixhaven's showcase cards are called uh, mystical archive cards, ca- archive cards uh, for this set. Um, yeah. They look pretty nice. A lot of that. They're pretty. <laughs> a lot of that uh, stained glass, uh, stained glass uh, feel. A lot of that storybook feel. Um, I would actually say that some of these look more something that you would get from um, from uh, Eldraine, because uh-huh. the art wise, it looks like something co- coming out from Book of Kells, the the movie, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, 
But Michelle's got opinions about these, so let's hear them. <laughs> hey, well, they're pretty. Okay, so I know that Eldraine is also very pretty, but uh, I think, uh, what is it, Strixhaven is the first set that I'm actually taking an in-depth look at, and so I don't mm -hmm. have as much of an emotional connection to Eldraine as I, I probably should, because Eldraine is, was also, like, like really pretty. But uh, the Mystical Archive is uh, really pretty! <laughs> Uh, they look yes. like... Uh, um, they look oh, like... we should also mention that there is also a Mystical Archive subset that's all in Japanese. Um, so most of these... Uh, most of these cards that have a mystical archive will also have a Japanese counterpart with even, <laughs> even more art, uh, just like uh, how um, War of the Spark had Japanese uh, planeswalker art. Uh, yeah. So well, this well, is initially, yes, hmm? Japanese. Well, yes, Japanese cards. Yeah. So um, very much, this is a very art-centric, um, art-centric set. A lot of just hearkening to young adult uh, novel covers. <laughs> just. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't know how I feel. You know, what? I hate kids. Fuck the youth. I, I mean, look, I hate children too. <laughs> um, but the thing that got me to to really look at the art cards here was the Japanese card for Opt, uh, which was like, well, it's very, it's it's simple, but it's also like, look, look at that background, look at that texture, bro. Very watercolory, okay. Very uh, gorgeous, okay. I mean, uh, uh, there's also. It's it's hard to tell what these names are because they're in Japanese, but uh, there there's one with a samurai looking overhead, and I'm like, that's cool and all. The textures that's, are really nice. Look. That that would be swords to plowshares. Look at that swords to plowshares. Yep. Very pretty. Okay, I just really like the watercolor look with the Japanese ones, mm. and you can see some of that too in in the um, the the English ones as well. Those are also uh, like I just love the texture that's in them. Okay. <laughs> no, that's that's look, man. I'm not I'm not I'm not getting on your case about it. Very <laughs> nice. Um, I'm more interested in the cards that they are reprinting. A lot of these are yeah. very iconic magic cards. None of these are going to be um, tournament legal in uh, Strixhaven itself, I think. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. No, nah, no, no way. No way are these guys tournament legal in standard. Well, what, what, what makes them not tournament legal? Because, uh, look, I'm, I'm just going to assume that they're not going to put Time Warp and Channel back into any set that the, that can run it. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm just going to assume that nobody is going to be here putting channel in a standard set, okay? I'll just put that out there. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, like, some of these are also a little bit... Um, I don't know why they would put it in, in a standard set like Growth Spiral. Growth Spiral, they're trying to get out of the format already. Uh, uh -huh. So it would be silly for them to put it back in. Um, Dark Ritual, an extremely powerful card. Uh, it was banned and extended back in the day. The, these are A lot of these are ban-worthy cards. There's no way that these things are... Um, are <laughs> are standard all right um, oh, okay okay and standard that makes that makes sense yeah. i don't i don't really play standard nor do i play in any tournaments so i'm kind of like pretty cards yes please yeah uh i do share michelle's sentiment for one card in the japanese uh uh, showcase style and it is the time warp version uh in japanese i uh, ain't ain't no weebs here. You can put away the weeb paddle. Oh, but, whatever, Pablo. But dude, I I don't know, man. That that uh, uh, if 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 people don't know, I like um, Tamio. I like um, Mu Yanling. Um, 
there there's just something about blue planeswalkers mono blue planeswalkers that um speak to me i like uh, a lot of the jace artwork too this uh this blue time war this uh japanese time warp that they have is just oh god uh i feel time it's warping around me uh very nice but also very illustrated uh very watercolory uh if you don't know i'm a watercolor artist uh and so this this speaks to my heart okay <laughs> uh not to me all that all it sees uh, all it says to me is look at how cool this bookmark is but it's a really wow. cool bookmark <laughs> uh, i'm 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 disappointed in you, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like these these are nice frontispiece artworks. Um, very nice. Uh, here, if if we're talking about, it, I like the Eldraine showcase artworks more because I do like that um, that hard European, Northern European feel. If we're gonna if we're gonna drop like uh, artist names here, uh, give me one second. Yeah, so if we're talking about uh, art styles that speak to me as far as showcase goes, I'm a big fan of John Bauer, um, so, which is why I like Eldraine more. And, um, you know, these are nice. These are nice. Don't, no, yeah, don't these, get me wrong. El Eldraine cards are gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I think the only reason why I'm not as drawn to them as much is because I'm not, like, emotionally as emotionally attached i mean eldraine came out and i'm like this is cool but i was also pretty early into the whole like i'm playing magic i don't i don't actually really care about sets i think strixhaven is the first set where i'm actually uh taking an in-depth look at some of these cards because i feel you that emotional I'm, I'm investment is there. yeah <laughs> not that uh, i'm forced to yeah uh for the podcast but <laughs> oh i'm gonna don't worry i'm gonna cut that out everybody's only <laughs> gonna think that you're very very happy to do this uh no i am very happy to do look don't get me wrong. I'm very happy to do this, but like, uh, if it were not for the podcast, I would not be looking at any of these cards, and I would be like, "Ooh, look! I'm gonna buy that opt." <laughs> That's it. Now, <laughs> uh, after that depressing note, um, <laughs> some of these <laughs> some of these cards, I don't know why they reprinted. Weather the storm. I who was asking for that? Who was asking for weather the storm? I don't know. I mean. Uh, who, 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 who fucking knows? Uh, yeah. Counterspell, Lightning Bolt, that's, that's really nice. Demonic yeah. Tutor. Yeah, like, th those, those make sense. I don't know who the fuck was asking for Weather the Storm. Oh, who knows? I mean, I don't know why they reprint, like, some of these cards, uh, mm. either. But, you know, I am always open to alternate art of any card, really. Yep, fair, fair, fair. Alright, though, um... I think that's all for this uh, episode. Uh, what did... Oh, God. Oh, God. We're two hours over. Holy shit. Um, uh, oh, to be fair, I feel like a lot of that in the middle is was, was just a bunch of random shit. It's fine. I'm pretty sure we can cut it down, Pablo. Okay? Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> um, but I think this is where we're going to end the episode. So um, I'm going to drop the outro. Here. Okay, uh, thank you guys for listening this week. Uh, intro and outro music composed by Kevin McLeod. We are using it for creative uh, comments as a license. Um, hope you guys had fun, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.